Good morning. Please pray with me. Oh, Holy Father, we thank you for gathering us this day. Father, our desire is to worship you, to exalt your Son, to fellowship with one another in the Spirit. Would you bless our time together? Would you give us what we need? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope that your imagination is strong today. My hope is that it might be stimulated for your good and for God's glory this morning. Please open your Bibles to the first book of the Kings, chapter 10. First Kings, chapter 10. <clears throat> this passage... In 1 Kings chapter 10, concerns the wisdom and glory of Solomon, the third king of Israel, the son of David. Please stand with me for the reading of Holy Scripture. The Bible says, When the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of Yahweh, she came to prove him with hard questions. And she came to Jerusalem with a very great train, with camels that bear spices, and very much gold, and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king, which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom, and the house that he had built, And the meat of his table, and the sitting of his servants, and the attendance of his ministers, and their apparel, and his cupbearers, and his ascent by which he went up into the house of Yahweh, there was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, It was a true report that I heard in mine own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not the words until I came. And mine eyes had seen it, and behold, the half was not told me. Thy wisdom and prosperity exceedeth the fame which I had heard. Happy are thy men, happy are these thy servants, which stand continually before thee and hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighteth in thee to set thee over the throne of Israel, because the Lord loved Israel forever." And therefore made he thee king to do judgment and justice. And she gave the king an hundred and twenty talents of gold and of spices, very great store and precious stones. There came no more such abundance of spices as these which the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. And the navy also of Hiram that brought gold from Ophir 
brought in from Ophir great plenty of almug trees and precious stones. And the king made of the almug trees pillars for the house of Yahweh and for the king's house, harps also and psalteries for singers. There came no such almug trees, nor were seen unto this day. And King Solomon gave unto the queen of Sheba all her desire, whatsoever she asked, beside that which Solomon gave her of his royal bounty. So she turned and went to her own country, she and her servants. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of Holy Scripture. You may be seated. Well, this is a remarkable narrative. And as as it is with many passages from the books of the kings, an account of this visit is also recorded in 2 Chronicles chapter 9. And for the sake of time, we'll not read that this morning. It's almost verbatim. But by divine inspiration, the account of this visit was doubly repeated in the Old Covenant Scriptures. I was blessed and have many blessed memories from my youth of my papa reading a Bible story to me almost every night before I went to bed, often from my mother's Bible story book. And this is not her Bible story book, but but listen, this is the children's story Bible. Among the guests who came to hear the wisdom of King Solomon was the Queen of Sheba. Sheba was a rich country in faraway Arabia on the shore of the Red Sea. The Queen of Sheba traveled in great splendor. She had a very great train of camels, for she had to cross about 300 miles of hot sandy desert. She wanted to talk to King Solomon, especially about his God. In her faraway country, she had heard of Solomon's wisdom and of the mighty God of the Israelites. When she came to Solomon, she asked him many questions. She tested his wisdom. Solomon told her all that she wanted to know. She saw the houses he had built. She tasted the delicious food on his table, and she marveled at the great number of his servants, and especially at the beauty of the temple. She said to King Solomon, It was a true report that I heard in my own country about your wisdom and your acts. I did not believe it until I saw it with my own eyes. The half of it was not told to me. Your wisdom and your riches are far greater even than I had heard. Your servants are happy who hear your wisdom all the time. Blessed be the Lord your God, who delighted to set you on the throne of Israel It must be because the Lord loved Israel that he made you king. The queen of Sheba gave Solomon rich gifts of gold and precious stones and an abundance of the delicious spices that grew in her country. King Solomon gave the queen every beautiful thing that she admired in his palace. Loaded down with these presents, the queen and her servants went back to their own country. I don't know about the 300 miles. Interesting. 
Well, that Bible story would have been core subject matter in the synagogue schools of the Hebrew children at the time of Christ's earthly ministry. Just as it should be core Sunday school material for Christian children today. Please turn in your Bibles to the Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 12. Matthew, chapter 12. Beginning in verse 38, the evangelist records an interaction that the Savior had with some sign-seeking scribes and Pharisees. The Bible says, Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south shall rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Dr. Luke also records this interaction. In Luke chapter 11, beginning in verse 29, I read, And when the people were gathered thick together... He began to say, this is an evil generation. They seek a sign, and there shall no sign be given it but the sign of Jonah the prophet. For as Jonah was a sign unto the Ninevites, so shall also the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South shall rise up in judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth, to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, a greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh shall rise up in judgment with this generation, and shall condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, a greater than Jonah is here. Now, beloved, listen. The Bible teaches, Holy Scripture teaches, that we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Every one of us shall give an account of himself unto God. Romans 14, 10, and 12. And according to the Savior's word, a certain witness, a certain witness will stand up to give testimony on the great judgment day. And the testimony of this witness will be damning, harsh, condemning. Beloved, think with me. Where is the judgment seat of Christ? Where is the divine judgment hall? Well, 
I believe that it is in that divine dimension that we call heaven. A place immediately near to us and yet inaccessibly far from us. Now listen, Jesus is God. And the testimony of God here is recorded for us in the first and third Gospels. And the testimony of God is that the Queen of Sheba, the Queen of the South, either is in heaven or will be there. And on the day that Jesus sits in judgment, she will be impaneled as a witness for the prosecution A witness against the wicked who seeing the wisdom and glory of Jesus of Nazareth rejected him and demanded more signs. We want more signs. More signs than healing the sick. More signs than raising the dead, feeding the hungry, and speaking the truth. Beloved, listen, I believe that this witness for the prosecution, this glorious queen bedecked in jewels and gold of Ophir, will not only bear witness against that generation, her testimony will reverberate down the halls of history and will call for damnation to every generation who has rejected the wisdom and glory of God. And beloved, listen, you do understand, don't you, that Jesus of Nazareth is the wisdom of God? 1 Corinthians 1.24 And you do understand, don't you, That Jesus of Nazareth is the glory of God. Hebrews 1, verse 3. In that high and holy day of judgment, that beautiful queen will stand in the dock and she will describe the hardship, the effort, the difficulty that she endured to experience and embrace the wisdom of Solomon. Now, I confess this morning that I don't understand very much about the divine knowledge in the Godhead. I've tried to understand it. And when I've read and studied about it, I've become convinced that the ones who wrote about it probably shouldn't have because they obviously didn't understand much about it either. But consider, Jesus, the divine Son, did not know the day or the hour of the divine destruction of Rome or of Jerusalem by Rome in A.D. 70. He did not know. Only the first person of the Holy Trinity knew that. Remember? 
Remember, Jesus said, this generation shall not pass till all these things be done. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for you know not when the time is. Mark 13, verses 30 through 33. Now, so I I don't understand how knowledge works within the divine Godhead. I don't understand that. But listen, listen, we can know from Holy Scripture that because Jesus is God... He has access to divine knowledge that we don't have. And listen, if timelines mean anything, Jesus knew even 2,000 years ago. He already knew. Jesus already knew that the testimony of the Queen of the South He knew what the testimony that she would bring would be in that great and terrible day of judgment. He already knew. Oh, beloved, how can someone be a Christian and not believe in the sovereignty of the triune God? I I can't understand that. In that high and holy day, she will rise up and proclaim, I traveled from the uttermost parts of the earth to lay hold on Solomon's wisdom. The ancient kingdom of Sheba is to the south of the modern Saudi Arabia in the modern war-torn country of Yemen. So this great queen questing for wisdom, traveled arguably more than 300 miles across the burning desert sands mounted on a camel caravan. Scholars estimate that the journey would have taken arguably two and a half months. That's one way. And it would have led her through a blazing hot desert. Listen, then, as now, such travelers would face predatory thieves in a bleak landscape with few creature comforts. Desert nights are often bitterly cold, so the journey was one of extremes, blazing days, and bone-chilling nights. But she had heard something that aroused her ears. She had heard something that provoked her mind. And the extremes of climate or distance, danger or hardship, these things would not stop her. She must needs go to Solomon So she set her face like a flint and she mounted her caravan to Jerusalem. And consider, 
For such a journey, she had to be escorted by soldiers for her protection. Probably, additionally, would have been accompanied by government officials, servants, cooks, interpreters. Camels had to be laden with food and water and gifts, gold and jewels and spices. The scriptures say that her caravan involved a very great train. It wasn't a small operation. And can your imagination conjure the sight of such a great entourage coming out of the desert and arriving in Jerusalem after months of oppressive heat, dusty whirlwinds, numerous hardships? And can you imagine King Solomon's delegation coming out to meet her? escorting them into the city and saying, the king welcomes you. Come, refresh yourself with bread and wine. Come, revive yourself in the king's baths. The Arabian culture treasures riddles. And we don't know exactly what the queen had heard about Solomon. The Bible says she had heard of his fame. But whatever she heard, it was enough to move her to throw caution to the wind and to undertake a perilous journey to witness the glory and wisdom of Solomon and to test him with hard questions. The Scriptures say that when she arrived... Quote, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And in response, the Bible says, Solomon, quote, told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king, which he told her not. Now listen, not only were her questions answered, Solomon's wisdom was verified and vindicated. And the glory that she had heard about was demonstrated and defended. The Bible says she saw the palace that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, the attending servants in their robes, his cupbearers and the burnt offerings he made at the temple of Jehovah. And she was overwhelmed. That's the NIV. And the old King James Version says, when she had seen all this, there was no more spirit in her. She was overwhelmed. Solomon's wisdom verified and vindicated. Solomon's glory demonstrated and defended. And after the tours and the interviews and the discussions... Her response was, I didn't even have half the story. Behold, the half was not told me. She said, this is twice the wisdom, twice the glory that I had heard about. Beloved, listen. Her testimony, 
her testimony on that great day of judgment against those who heard the gospel of King Jesus and will not bow to it, her testimony against them will be damning. It will be damning. For as the man exceeds the beast in wisdom, so King Jesus exceeds King Solomon in wisdom. And as the sun exceeds the moon in glory, so King Jesus exceeds King Solomon in glory. Consider, friend, Solomon was a very wise man. The Bible teaches that he asked God for wisdom. And God gave it to him. Here's a mini-sermon. The Bible teaches that if you'll ask God, He'll give you wisdom too. James 1.5 How wise was Solomon? Well, very wise. Also very fallen. You know that he wrote most of the Proverbs and the book Ecclesiastes. The Bible says of him, Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the children of the East Country and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all men, wiser than Ethan the Ezraite and Hermon and Chakal and Darda, the sons of Mahal. His fame was in all the nations round about. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were a thousand and five. He spoke of trees, from the cedar tree that is in Lebanon, even to the hyssop that springeth out of the wall. He spake also of beasts, and of fowl, and of creeping things, and of fishes. And there came of all people to hear the wisdom of Solomon from all the kings of the earth which had heard of his wisdom." 1 Kings 4, verses 30 through 34. Like the philosopher Aristotle, King Solomon was a student of nature, a shrewd student, an observer of the created order. But saints, saints, King Jesus didn't study the created order. He made it. For by Him, King Jesus, for by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. King Solomon studied botany in dendrology. He knew all about plants and trees. But King Jesus said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding its fruit after its kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. 
And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. And King Jesus saw that it was good. Genesis 1, 11 and 12. King Solomon studied zoology and ornithology and ichthyology. He knew all about animals and birds and fish. But King Jesus knew more. King Jesus said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And King Jesus created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And King Jesus saw that it was good. And King Jesus blessed them saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let fowl multiply in the earth. Genesis 1, verses 20 through 22. King Jesus not only made the animals, (laughs) He knows everything about them. (laughs) He can make a fish find a piece of gold. He can make fish swim into a net. He can ride a colt that has never been broken. He can tame a wild, naked, gathering demoniac and leave him clothed and sitting and in his right mind. King Solomon studied the cycles of the wind. King Jesus rebuked the wind and told it, stop, blow no more. And it did. King Solomon sent shipping vessels on the water all around the known world to bring back to Jerusalem jewels and gold and silver and ivory and spices and apes and peacocks. King Jesus walked on the water. Oh, saints, listen, listen. The wisdom of King Solomon was great, but the wisdom of King Jesus is greater One of King Jesus' scriptural titles is Jesus Christ, the Wisdom of God. That's one of His titles. And I trust that you understand that Christ means King. So that title could be translated King Jesus, the Wisdom of God. And what about glory? What about glory? Well, there's a detailed description in 1 Kings chapter 7 describing the overwhelming glory of King Solomon's palace. 
And Flavius Josephus also describes it in detail in his Antiquities of the Jews. In the interest of time, I'll not read either of those descriptions to you this morning, but suffice it to say that there was much cut white stone, expensive imported cedar, polished beams, molded bronze, gold, and silver decorative work, and expensive elaborate furnishings. But beloved, what about the new Jerusalem? The city of King Jesus, where he rules and reigns from the right hand of the majesty on high. There's an inspired and amazing description of it in Revelation chapter 21 and 22. And again, in the interest of time, I'll not read that description to you now. But suffice it to say, there is overwhelming radiance there. Shining crystal. Sparkling gemstones. Pearls and gold beyond measure. Seemingly, words fail the beloved apostle who was granted to see into the palace of King Jesus. But the glory is surpassing. The beloved John saw what the Queen of the South saw. The palace of a great king But in that great day of judgment, her testimony will be that all the Solomonic glory does not compare to the glory of King Jesus. In that great day, friend, I can imagine her speaking from the dock to those scribes and Pharisees who rejected Jesus. I can imagine her saying, How could you have been so blind? You brought all your hard questions to this king. Even trick questions designed to trip him up. You riddled him. You quizzed him. And every answer he gave you was perfect. He's the one who gave Solomon his wisdom. And he stood in your midst and invited your questions. And you witnessed his miracles. But you closed your eyes to him. And you turned a deaf ear to his truth. You preferred darkness to his light because your deeds are evil. Beloved, listen, what should, what should those sign-seeking scribes and Pharisees, those rejectors of King Jesus, what should they have done? Well, they should have done what the Queen of the South did when she became a witness to the wisdom and glory of Solomon. And what did she do? She said, blessed be Jehovah thy God, 
which delighted in thee to set thee on this throne, to be king for Jehovah thy God, because thy God loved Israel to establish them forever. Therefore made he thee king over them to do justice and judgment. And she gave the king an hundred and twenty talents of gold and spices of great abundance and precious stones. Neither was there any such spice as the queen of Sheba gave King Solomon. Second Chronicles 9 verses 8 and 9. What did she do? She acknowledged his wisdom. She honored his God and she gave him her best treasure and spice. Do you remember what those wise men from the east did when they first encountered King Jesus? The Bible says they fell down. They fell down and worshipped Him. And when they had opened their treasures, they gave unto Him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh, treasure and spice. Listen, the proper reaction to an oriental potentate, a true king, a real king, the proper reaction is veneration and oblation. The veneration is symbolized by the bended knee of the Magi and the blessed fruit of the queen of Sheba's lips. The oblation is symbolized by the giving of their best. The Magi's gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The Queen of the South's gold and jewels and precious spices. My friend, I need to warn you of something this morning. Something that's coming as surely as night follows day, as surely as light dispels darkness, it's coming. Judgment is coming. Or you might say, we're going to it. You might say, we're headed for judgment. The apostolic writer of the epistle to the Hebrews is emphatic, saying, It is appointed to men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Hebrews 9.27 So there's one warning, friend. Judgment is coming. It is as sure as your death, and you are going to die. And you will face judgment. But there's another warning. There's another warning I'm going to share. A warning to you and to me straight from the lips of God. The Queen of the South will rise up against you. You see, listen. The case is already being built against you. The discovery phase of your trial has already started. The witness lists are being disclosed. 
Jonah is on the witness list. The queen of the south is on the witness list. And the residents of the cities of Nineveh and Tyre and Sidon, even of Sodom, witnesses. And the king's case against you is devastating. Because he will show that the signs were all there. A greater than Jonah has come, and a greater than Solomon has come. And listen, listen, if you're here today and you refuse to venerate and to offer yourself to the king of kings, there's nothing for you. Nothing for you but judgment and devastation and darkness. But if you're here and you've bowed to Him and offered Him your all, He'll share with you His wisdom and glory like Solomon shared with the Queen of Sheba. If you're here today and you have not venerated Jesus, if you've not offered Him your best, hear the counsel of beloved King David, the father of wise King Solomon. Here's what he said. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in Him. Psalm 2, verse 12. Friend, Solomon was great, but a greater king than Solomon has arisen. His father demands your allegiance. Let us give it joyfully. What a great, great king. See where the great incarnate God fills a majestic throne while from the skies His awful voice bears the last judgment down. I am the first and I the last through endless years the same. I am is my memorial still and my eternal name. Such favors as a God can give, my royal grace bestows. Ye thirsty souls, come taste the streams where life and pleasure flows. The saint that triumphs o'er his sins, I'll own him for a son. The whole creation shall reward the conquests He has won. But bloody hands and hearts unclean and all the lying race, the faithless and the scoffing crew that spurn it offered grace, they shall be taken from My sight, bound fast in iron chains and headlong plunged into the lake where fire and darkness reigns. Oh, may I stand before the Lamb when earth and seas are fled 
And here the judge pronounce my name with blessings on my head. May I with those forever dwell who here were my delight, but sinners banished del- while sinners banished down to hell no more offend my sight. Please stand with me for prayer. A case is being built. A witness list has been revealed, at least partially. Jesus of Nazareth says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for my Yoke is easy, and my burden is light. There is salvation only in one name, friend, the name of our high and holy King, Jesus. Please pray with me. O Thou God of all grace, Thou hast given me a Savior, producing me a faith to live by Him, to make Him all my desire, all my hope, all my glory. May I enter Him as a refuge, build on Him as my foundation, walk in Him as my way, follow Him as my guide, conform to Him as my example, receive His instructions as my prophet, rely on His intercession as my high priest, obey Him as my King. May I never be ashamed of Him or His words, but joyfully bear His reproach. May I never displease Him by unholy or imprudent conduct. Never count it a glory if I take it patiently when buffeted for a fault. Never make the multitude my model. Never delay when Thy Word invites me to advance. May Thy dear Son preserve me in this present evil age so that its smiles may not allure me, nor its frowns terrify me, nor its vices defile me, nor its errors delude me. May I know that I am a stranger and pilgrim on earth, desiring plainly a country, my title to it becoming ever more clear my suitedness for it more perfect, my foretastes of it more abundant. And whatsoever I do, may it be done in Jesus' name. Amen.